Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called but of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Tech Podcast, brought to you by Sky Broadband. Get the power to do more with Sky's best ever Wi-Fi, with lightning-fast speeds rolling out to a million homes. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Wecker, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. And thanks to Sky Broadband for sponsoring this podcast. And this week we're talking about the weird and wonderful and incredibly fast growing world of Twitch, Amazon on Twitch, which is the biggest live streaming platform, particularly for gaming. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Damien Burns. Damien, welcome to the podcast, Senior Vice President for Twitch in Europe. And actually, weren't you, was it MD for EMEA? Wasn't that your original appointment? Yes. Yeah. I was the um, the first uh, managing director for the region yeah. uh, at the beginning of last year. And it's just, uh, just a little uh, title swing there that we've done there. But thanks for having me. It's, it's really great to be on. Well, the, the, you know, I've been wanting to look at Twitch for a while. I mean, the numbers are staggering. You came out with your figures there uh, pretty recently and two million, over two million uh, average viewership at any given moment, a daily um, visitors of 26 and a half million, um, six and a half, uh, six million uh, content creators, unique, unique content creators. I mean, to a lot of people, Twitch has kind of come out of nowhere. I say to a lot of people because I'm used to talking to people who, uh, you know, their exposure to social media might be Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch all of a sudden is this huge main player or is all of a sudden the wrong phrase to use. No, no, I think I think it's right. And I think it, it kind of alludes to the pace of growth and the dynamic nature of the service. And actually, the figures you just referenced have evolved very recently. So we've now got 30 million people every day on the, on the service. At any given moment, there's actually two and a half million people um, on Twitch. And we've got seven million um, streamers, people broadcasting um, on the platform in any given month. So, you know, that kind of Fast-paced change mm. is part of the, I guess, the DNA of the service. Has it come out of nowhere? No. I mean, it's it's a, well into being a, a decade old now. Um, I think it has just been on this on this journey from being historically very much centered around gaming to one now where people are taking what is essentially a live, interactive video streaming service and using it um, to 
find uh, communities and connections mm. around shared passions and interests. And that spans a whole host of categories. I mean, it really um, does so because, from- I mean, I, I was going to say a lot of people would have seen, for example, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a few weeks back, I think she jumped into a game of Among Us with a, a few other fairly well-known right. uh, streamers. And um, other than her obsession with, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Corpse, Corpse Body, what, whatever his name is. Uh, uh, a lot of people yeah. were really interested that this was how she was engaging with uh, a, a lot of her audience. Yeah, and I, I think that's right. What, what you've seen is this growth or this expansion of categories mm. on the service. So historically gaming, but now very much a broad canvas across sports, entertainment, music. You know, we've seen non-gaming content in the last three years quadruple in terms of hours watched. We've seen music um, in the past year has exploded, not just in the number of musicians um, using the service, but in the number of hours watched has grown uh, exponentially. And I think that that just talks to the fact that it's a pretty unique um, opportunity mm. whereby, you know, the barriers to entry are minimal. You can just set up with a, a PC, with a camera, a microphone, a bit of software and away you go. And you have the potential to to tap into audiences worldwide. What, what happened? Uh, what happened to social eating? I remember that a few years ago. That was going to be a big thing. Social eating on Twitch. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I think I think you whatever you're passionate about Aiden, you'll find it um and you'll also find a community uh, somewhere for it and I think that's a good thing I think you know um people's interests uh, across a wide expanse of categories the service the Twitch service reflects that mm. we have immense growth in all of those non-gaming categories as well as um you know the, the the typical ones you might expect like sports and music but things like chess are blowing up drag artists, um, everything's going, you know, I think you'll see even in, in Ireland and we've got some Irish streamers, you know, there's, there's something for everyone. You have Donna Tart, who is, um, very big on our service. You have, um, tactical potato tweak, call me Kevin, you know, you have a whole variety and, you know, Ireland is, is starting to show up in the, in the kind of the, the streaming, um, kind of fame, fame lists and, and the, the, the large and significant audiences. So, yeah, it's 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 all for everyone. It's such an interesting world and universe, though, because you you're talking about streamers in Ireland. I go onto Twitch, and I'll just dip in, do do a browse, and I'll see streamers from all over the world. And the the cultural norms are just so different. I mean, some of the stories that make it through to the tabloids, for example, one of the best ones um, in the last few weeks was this guy called Asian Andy, who um, uh, set up this. Uh, his whole shtick was he he. Um, he was taking paid subscriptions uh, to from people to wake him up. So if you if you, if you paid, you could operate, for example, a text to speech uh, to speech uh, recognition service to ask Alexa to wake him up with loud music. And he made sixteen grand during the night. I think. Right, right. I don't think I would get <laughs> that kind of income if, if, I, if I did the same. Yeah. Um, well, have you tried I, it? I think that that's a reflection, though. Just people experimenting and. Mm. We're seeing a lot of experimentation that that probably doesn't doesn't take off and stuff that does. And some are single instance kind of exceptions where, you know, people sleeping or or whatever do get an audience and do effectively monetize very well. Mm. But I I think the really interesting stuff is people building careers on the service. Um, You know, last year we we had 13 million new creators um, stream for the first time. 
on the Twitch service. You know, a million a month, I think that's something like 30,000 uh, a day. Um, it, it's pretty, pretty mm. amazing when you, when you look at those. And it's not the be all, be all and end all of what they're doing. Some of it is kind of side hustle, side careers. Some of them aren't doing it for anything more than engaging with people who are like-minded, have the shared passions and interests. You know, it's not about just getting a big audience for, for many people. Um, you know, of those 7 million people, only a select few of those will be actually monetizing to the, you know, the extremes and, and very big. The rest are doing it to, to kind of express their passions, their interests. They want dialogue. And the thing about Twitch is it's very much a community of communities. So those people aren't just interacting with their audience. The audience is interacting amongst itself and with the streamer. And it's that multi-directional interaction I think is a secret source. I think that's that's what it is. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it very different. This live, you know, you're not playing catch-up. This isn't something you can be part of at a later date. It's you have to be there and then. And your moment may may just be there and then if you if you mm. join at that yeah, moment. Yeah, I, I read a good essay in The Verge uh, a couple of months back just before Christmas and the guy was arguing that he was making the point that Twitch probably was the overall winner of the pandemic. Now, you could attribute that title to an awful lot of services. Zoom would definitely be in with a shout. A lot of the big uh, social platforms would as well. But the point he was making was that he actually logged on to it um, to watch uh, to other people or to interact with other people. He also schedules his own uh, streams as well. And for him, it was a way of just communing with people um, uh, during uh, during a lockdown. I mean, you, you talk about some of the uh, professional content creators. I think there was a, a couple of lists floating around over who the big ones were in uh, 2020. Um, no Tyler Ninja Blevins, by the way, because of his, I think he jumped ship to Mixer for a while and then he, he came back. But but the, the figures just from direct subscriptions were pretty big. I mean, the top 10 ranged from sort of around about a million euro to about two and a half million euro uh, each. And actually, uh, interestingly, it wasn't necessarily the ones with the most followers that actually made the most money. I mean, um, I have the list here in front of me and, and you know, the some of the, the fifth biggest earner, for example, is a guy called Ronnie Radke uh, earned uh, $1.5 million, 123,000 followers compared to the number one who is 5 million followers who, who didn't make much, much more of them. So it's kind of an interesting... Um, now, a lot of people say that the, the, the money that they make is a lot of a lot of will be commercial deals and sponsorship deals with Fortnite or whoever uh, commercial brands. But it's a very interesting when you talk about careers. It's a really, really interesting um, thing that we haven't really seen before about six or seven years ago. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think I think it's really difficult to, or I think it's unreliable to take a timestamp and say, this is how Twitch is, whether it's the economics of the business, the economics of the creator ecosystem, because it, it literally changes overnight. Mm. Um, you know, you, if, you, if you watch the news, you'll see you know, the rising stars, suddenly somebody explodes on Twitch, becomes huge. Um, celebrities coming onto the platform, whether it's Snoop or Lando Norris, um, Christian Vieri in Italy with his football show, you know, we're seeing this, it just never sits still. And you're right, you won't recognize the names unless you're part mm. of that community. Um, in the most part, anyway, you know, we have streamers like um, Gref G in Spain. Oh, yeah. Who, 
Oh, you, you are familiar with him. Well, well I, I'm, I, I, I wasn't familiar with him until about two or three weeks ago when I first started. I, cause I was familiar with Twitch, but I, I started diving down a little bit more and, uh, um, but sorry, go on. You were, you were going to say, yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, he, he did a, a stream probably just over a month ago and his concurrent viewership, I, the, the, the maximum people that were tuning in was 2.4 million. Yeah. He was just showcasing his Fortnite skin. And suddenly you've got this huge audience. It's actually a world record. Um, a huge audience for a streamer that's on par with, you know, television broadcast. But the interesting thing is this is international. A Spanish streamer will have a very significant Latin audience as well, Latin mm-hmm. American audience. And I think that is what we're, we're seeing is a truly global service, truly global communities. Um, and the people who are starting to really see great success there are not just leveraging the tools and the technology, but tapping into those communities and starting to kind of engage and understand and interact with them. And what's unfolding is they're just, they're just hitting the right notes with those audiences and scaling. Mm. And we're just going to see more and more of that. Mm. I mean, it's interesting when you, there are two, news uh, ecosystems around Twitch. There's one which is kind of a mainstream, which would be tabloids, red top, mainstream press. When something breaks out, when something happens, AOC goes on. Someone gets banned. A lot of banning stories, by the way. Um, And then there's the other uh, corpus, which is mainly, which is gaming uh, websites uh, mainly. And actually, what makes news in the gaming website is, is, you know, who got banned. It's almost like a daily story of who got banned, who got banned. one of the more, more interesting things, like when you start res- going into these these universes, like I had no idea, I genuinely had no idea, and you're going to think I'm naive, about ASMR mics, right? This is, uh, I'm not sure if, you, if, you've, if you've come across these before um, yourself. These are these um, uh, audio sensory meridian response microphones, and apparently they're not allowed on Twitch. I, I'm only bringing it up because uh, there was a story of somebody who was banned temporarily um for using ASMR mic and what these mics are you go onto youtube for example and you do a search and you'd see people whispering into the microphone and start and drumming their nails and it's supposed to give you that little tingle you know in in your head down your spine you you, you obviously know what i'm talking maybe you know what i'm talking about i wasn't genuinely wasn't aware of these things but it just reinforces to me the kind of the universe of um uh, experience in reality that maybe i'm unfairly kind of attributing this to kind of twitch because as a gaming plat- platform as a gaming universe of being so strong in that world but it's just it's it's very much apart from what you would find on the likes of youtube right yeah incidentally we do permit you do it, Bruce. Uh, we do, and we have oh. we have a UK streamer called Ruby. He's very successful and and does some very interesting things on on that level. But I, th- I think maybe it was know, for adult application of it. Then I think that was okay. maybe that was it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's important to note, and this is perhaps a, a, a differentiator um, for us versus other services, is that we're not a free free speech platform. Right. Um, we're not a free speech service. We, you know, we. Um, take a lot of um, human-based, i.e. moderation teams. Um, and we've, we've doubled our, our trust and safety teams around that. You know, we want to create a, a very, and maintain a very safe environment for our streamers and our, and our communities. 
and we have policies which if you breach them you will be you know uh, banned either indefinitely or for a certain period of time and we take that very seriously and i think that is something that you know we're just going to continue investing in as the as the the service continues to scale yeah i mean that must be one hell of a challenge if you're if the average viewership at any one time is two and a half million uh, as you say um and there's so many hours i mean how do you scale what facebook and google do as you know is they use algorithmics uh, algorithms and ai you know um to the nth degree how, how how do you do that with live streaming so we have two two approaches one is the human element which is a team of moderators and creators are also moderating and our users can flag any infractions or anything they're worried about mm. and we will um we will investigate that and and take action if necessary and then secondarily we have technology we have ai we have an auto moder- uh, moderation technology that works across our service which enables you to um to varying degrees of uh, stringency um, filter out uh, offensive language, content, usernames, whatever, whatever it is, mm. and and that I think is a very scalable solution to that, and it's continuing to see even greater success. Our turnaround times and everything. We just released a transparency report which alludes to that, and our turnaround times for addressing any infractions or perceived infractions has improved markedly. So mm. I, I think you're right. It is an ever-growing challenge. But it's actually the minority. It's, it, it's, it's on a very small scale relative to the usage of, of the service. There's, there's so much good stuff that goes on, not just the kind of entertainment side of it and the communities, but the charities. People use Twitch as um, uh, a charity uh, for, for raising money for charities. We had over $80 million raised last year via the Twitch service by some of our streamers, uh, big ones in France. Zerator is one that I'd call out who made uh, who generated or raised over a million dollars uh, from just one event called the, the Z event last year. Mm, yeah. Where, where You mentioned TV, and it strikes me with the figures that Twitch is doing at the moment, um, like, logically, it, it kind of is an alternative to TV at the moment. Um, if you look at pandemic viewing, depending on which set of metrics you read, and some of the industry uh, research metrics we get are a little bit skewed because they're paid for by advertisers in particularly here in Ireland anyway the TV industry so they'll claim that you know uh, streaming services are still a tiny minority of viewing and uh, linear TV is still you know 80% of the market which it just does, that just doesn't feel right but um but from Twitch's point of view where does it go from here obviously there've been deals signed for sports for example I think there was a deal signed in the UK for a couple of for a few, a few Premier League uh, matches. Um, you know, where 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 does Twitch go from here? So uh, I'll ask. Uh, I think you asked two questions there. Mm. One was um, kind of where we see TV versus Twitch, if you will. Um, I think you can look at it in two ways. I think that the younger audience, which is very much reachable on Twitch, um, in terms of you know eighteen to thirty five year olds. They are consuming less linear TV, and therefore the kind of commercial TV impacts are, are just not happening happening to the degree they were um, against mm. that audience. So, if you want to reach them, then of course we are an ideal service uh, in which to do so, and we're seeing that amount of brands obviously using the, the platform for advertising purposes and sponsorship. But secondarily, I think it's a complementary service as well. So, you know, we have major broadcasters who are using Twitch um, in addition to obviously their own linear or, or um, video on demand services. And 
that that is interesting in in itself and when you add sports to that you alluded to sports that was mm. with our our parent company um amazon, amazon. Prime, prime video decided to share some of their or screen broadcast some of their premier league matches on the twitch platform and we we kind of twitchified that if you will we had some of our fifa streamers um do commentary over that versus the traditional kind of pundits as you will and that was that was very interesting and a, and a, and a great thing to see on the service but it's all about content strategy i believe and audience strategy and the two intertwine and what you're seeing is tv companies uh, i.e broadcasters news organizations football uh, associations and and leagues but also clubs are now really kind of moving on onto twitch on mass you know we've we've got arsenal real madrid barcelona um juventus uh tottenham hotspur amongst others now on the service and they're just they're just starting and you'll see really interesting stuff coming from them in terms of content mm. exclusive live access to stars to press conferences but also that that audience interaction opportunity and that that potentially is a first where you'll see the fans that let's not forget it pretty much make these clubs mm. what they are um actually having a voice direct to the to the clubs and then alongside that you have the voice of the fans one of our biggest um entertainers on the platform or, or streamers on the platform is true geordie i don't know if you're familiar with true geordie but he has a talk show and it coincides with uh big big football matches the premier league matches and he will discuss the games discuss the stars um as it's as it's going on and is that, true geordie the big the tattooed guy yes that's right yeah oh he he, he used to it was a true geordie he, he used to he, he used to have a youtube channel called the that's the, right something else. i i remember he was actually he's pretty funny actually um, particularly when Newcastle kept losing <laughs> matches, no, he, and he'd go he's absolutely he, nuts. He's a very, yeah, he's a very interesting yeah. character. His show has incredibly high production values, um, and he's I must seen, check that out. I haven't yeah, seen he's, that. He's, yeah, he's exclusively live on on Twitch. Ah. So um, do do check him and his his team out. They're they're pretty special. He's he's exceptionally good at taking abuse because one of the things I remember when he would do a live stream and people like half of the people who'd be giving abuse, really giving abuse, and then half of them would just be trolling him just for the laugh. And he was just really expertly able to 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 handle it, give the trolls kind of what they want, but the same, make it entertaining, um, but at the same time, um, just manage it kind of very well. That whole fan TV thing, by the way, I mean, I'm not sure, are you an Arsenal fan? I am, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say that that won't happen on Twitch because of the moderation and the <laughs> right. and the yeah. and the artificial intelligence. Of <laughs> right. Okay. Um, but for example, Arsenal fan, yeah, yeah. yeah no, because I was going to because one of the, of course, the great fan TV channel out there is Arsenal fan TV um, with Robbie and all of his. I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm not an Arsenal fan, but I do. Um, stop in on Arsenal fan TV usually only when they lose or they're disappointed because that's when the fireworks are uh, well, that's, that, that's quite frequent <laughs> <laughs> well well not in the last right. month or two that's but right. um, right. uh, and a big um, a big game coming up now in a couple of days um, just to go back to TVs though one of the reasons I asked about uh, the television strategy is it, it strikes me when I go on Twitch I can say go on to Arsenal's content there's a schedule there like a TV program schedule I now can maybe buy a JVC or a Hitachi TV and maybe this year or next year. And I might have a, I'll see a Twitch app or a Twitch button right there, maybe even on the remote control. I mean, so for me as a TV viewer, 
I'm now saying, well, will I watch RT, BBC, Sky? Will I watch Amazon Prime? Will I watch Netflix, Disney Plus? Or will I watch Twitch? Yeah, I think that's a really, really great point. And it actually talks to what we'd call living room. And uh, we've just announced a deal actually with Vestel, mm. who are kind of uh, the manufacturer of, of TVs in Europe, one of the leading ones, and brands like JVC, for example, which will have the Twitch app on their, their televisions and will have a Twitch button. So you can instantly access the, the Twitch service, you know, in the comfort of your living room. Um, and Chromecast has it already, Fire has it already. So, you know, on every screen is is absolutely um, kind of an aspiration or at least a reality right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, just let me ask you about, um, uh, you mentioned that uh, Twitch is, it's not a free speech platform. And Twitch, like every other platform, had to take decisions over the last six months. Um around American politics, uh, for example. There's this really interesting um, conversation happening about around that, around where is the right point between uh, a utility and a private company and uh, speech. And maybe Twitch isn't yet at the point where it's like, for example, you know, a, a YouTube or a Facebook, say, where what it decides on that can have a major ramification on people's ability to communicate. But I wonder, do you think that point is is coming? I mean, are, are, do, do, is there a point where your big platforms are going to be looking for regulatory guidance on what to do in situations like that, do you think? I think... Just in, in the broadest sense, um, as technology evolves, you're, you're going to see um, the regulatory side of things try and keep pace with it. Mm. And, it and it's tough. But it's important to note that, you know, how we see it, we're, we're quite a unique platform. And taking a broad brushstroke to regulation is troublesome and perhaps not very helpful. Mm. Um, you know, we're not um, a, a service that stores video or audiovisual content. Um, we are a live streaming service and that makes us very, very different. And we would just hope that um, any kind of regulatory approaches will talk to those nuances. Um, and we also think from a, a geographic perspective as well, that um, you know, if you have a very fragmented approach to regulation, that's very troublesome as well because it slows down implementation and it it slows down interoperability and the the ability of users to to use a service across borders effectively mm. and and gain value from it yeah so so that that's how we would think about it Adrian. there's there's this kind of very interesting tension at the moment um between uh cross border services and national parliaments and sovereignty um, we've obviously had a turbulent four years in the US. That's somewhat coming back to normal now. But the EU it's, as well is asserting its uh, regulatory position on things like privacy. We have the really odd scenario down in Australia uh, with uh, Google and Facebook on on publishing. But it, it feels like we're reaching a moment where we're, there's going to come a point of truth where somebody is going to say, whether it's one of the big platforms or one of the governments is going to say, either you can't do this or we're pulling out of this market because it's it's too chaotic that's what it seems like to, to, to me looking at it right and and without talking to that specifically because obviously that that's not my domain but just as a that kind of an outsider or a third eye i think broadly it's just becoming um more complicated and 
if it's becoming more complicated, then that means it's in, you know, it's really important that we, uh, you know, I'm only speaking from Twitch's perspective, mm. that we engage with policy holders, um, so policy makers and regulators, and we have that open dialogue and we support educational initiatives for both consumers, but also regulators. You know, we need to, to share details on, on our service, how it works, um, the technical aspects and everything like that, because it's not that well understood. And that 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 is in the, the broader consumer environment as well. Mm. But I think um, technology and its application and, and what happens isn't widely understood and is often misrepresented or mis- misinterpreted. Mm. And I, often I have to say, and I say this as a fully paid member um, of uh, a newspaper, which is an established newspaper in uh, Ireland Media Group. There's often a competing tension as well. I'm, I'm not; it's not a specially popular opinion to have in in my trade. But um, a lot of the discussion on this, there's a slightly unacknowledged competitive edge to it. Tension when you know you talk about a traditional or legacy media sector, which talks often so witheringly about uh, big platforms and maybe they're not fully acknowledging their own stake in it because there's this long sore about you know advertising and um you know how how that dynamic has changed and you could say a lot of that's tied up in the australia stuff and facebook but also you know in general now I, I do wonder if um I do wonder. I, I had thought that we were getting to a point where we were getting beyond that, but I'm not sure we were were quite beyond it yet. But anyway, that might be a a different podcast for a different day. Um, Damien, thank you very much for coming on on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time on this. Um, hope to talk to you again sometime. And uh, that was Damien Burns, Senior Vice President at Twitch. Thanks again for Sky Broadband for sponsoring this podcast. But for me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish Sunny Independent. That's all we have time for this week. Bye-bye. The Big Tech Podcast, brought to you by Sky Broadband. Get the power to do more with Sky's best ever Wi-Fi, with lightning-fast speeds rolling out to a million homes.